verses 12 to 14. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. We are instruments. And the Bible speaks of this, as we just read, that our members, really who we are, what we are, are instruments. Are there instruments of unrighteousness? or instruments of righteousness. Any natural instrument, physical instrument, needs to be tuned. A musical instrument is adjusted for pitch. A car engine and instrumentation adjusted for proper function, proper operation. A radio adjusted to a station. Things don't sound right when there isn't proper tuning. Things don't work right when there hasn't been proper tuning. There's static, there's loss of message where things are not adjusted. Imagine life without tuning. Chaos. Imagine life without Adjustment. Bringing something into alignment with a constant. Imagine life without tuning. The Amplified reads, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts and passions. Do not go on offering members of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness. Really laying it on us, right? Do not go on offering members of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but offer yourselves to God in a decisive act as those alive, raised from the dead to a new life. And your members, all of your abilities, sanctified, set apart as instruments of righteousness, yielded to God, are given over, surrendered to God. For sin will no longer be a master of you, no longer a master over you. Since you are not under law as slaves, but under unmerited grace as recipients of God's favor and mercy. You know, instruments are tuned to a correct pitch. They're tuned to a constant. I don't know if you've ever been around when a piano tuner is tuned to piano. But there's a constant. And things are brought in line with the constant. The constant dictates the tuning. Engines are tuned to proper timing. Radios are tuned to a proper station. You can turn on your radio and you don't want it to be 105.9. You want it to be 107.9. It doesn't matter because it's 105.9. Everyone's favorite station. We don't pick it. There's a constant. There's already something set in place that we have to adjust to. If we want to hear the message, 
if we want to hear the broadcast, if we want to receive the truth and the understanding. It's the same with our lives. You see, there has to be a tuning that takes place in order that we sound right, function right, hear right. There has to be adjustment. There has to be an adjusting that comes upon us, that we surrender to. Now we're an instrument that has a voice, can argue. You know, you pick up a guitar, it's not telling you don't tune me. Or you drive your engine to the garage to get it fixed by your mechanic, I mean, your car surrenders. I don't know if you've ever had your radio dial fight you. Unless you're trying to listen to something God doesn't want you to, maybe that's happening. <laughs> we have to surrender. We have to willingly choose a decisive act, a definite act, a choice. I want my life to be tuned to the constant. Number one tonight, we tune our lives. There is a responsibility on our part to tune our lives to God. We tune our lives to his word, don't we? We read his word and we tune our lives accordingly. We tune our lives to his will. We tune our lives to his standard. Listen, we can, we can argue with the standard, but his standard is right. His standard is truth. His standard is eternal. His standard will endure. We don't argue, hey, standard, my life's in tune, my life's pretty good. The standard decides. <laughs> the constant will tell us whether we're in tune or not. But how do we tune our lives? Well, we've read it. We offer ourselves to God in a decisive act. We make a decision. Now, some people struggle with making decisions. They waver even in their decision-making and even in the making of their decision that they've already made it, but still they're wavering. How do we tune our lives? We give our lives over to God, a decisive act. Romans 6.13, the Amplified, do not go on offering members of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but offer yourselves to God in a decisive act as those alive raised from the dead to a new life, and your members, all of your abilities, sanctified, set apart as instruments of righteousness, yielded to God. You know, if a musician never tunes their instruments, it's not, it's not going to sound and function how it was created to sound and function. We understand that. If our car engine or instrumentation is out of sync or out of line, we may be on the verge of breakdown or collision, or penalty, or fine. Listen, your speedometer doesn't work right. You can argue all you want. Perhaps they'll let you off. We don't know. But there's a constant. There's something that all these things need to come in line with. To be tuned to the constant, to be Brought in line. If 
our radio isn't precisely adjusted to the station, we are going to miss the broadcast. You see, it's very important that we tune our lives. And there are tools to help us, to help us tune our lives. We understand that we have the Bible. God has given us his word. So if we're not taking the word, if we're not reading the word, I mean, that's on us. We got to take the book, we got to read the book, and then we have to choose to tune our lives to the constant, to tune our lives to the truth. We understand that prayer and worship will tune our lives. We need to tune our lives to the presence of God. As we sit under the preaching of the word, as we receive good godly counsel, we are tuning our lives. It's almost like we're bringing the engine into the mechanic shop. Proper timing. Or alignment or whatever it is. Or we come in and we're adjusting, adjusting the station so that we, we hear clearly. A decisive act, really it's going to take obedience. Well, if I plug a guitar into a tuner and strike the strings and clearly see where adjustment needs to be made, I have to make a definite decision to turn the tuning heads. I have to decide. Arguing with the tuner or ignoring its finding. You see, if I plug my life into the Word of God and strike the strings and clearly see where adjustment needs to be made, I have to make a decisive decision to adjust to the constant. If I plug my life into the Word of God, and the Word of God shows me that I'm out of sync, I'm out of line. Listen, you, you meet with somebody that cares about proper tuning on their instrument. They don't want it even a fraction out. I mean, they'll fight until that little LED is just like right on. You know what I'm saying? Or you take your car in to get serviced and worked on. You don't drive it into the shop and the guy goes, hey, it's pretty good. What do you mean? It's not perfect? What am I paying you for? Why did I bring you my vehicle? We want it perfect. Perfectly in time. So if we plug our lives into the Word of God, and the Word of God shows us where adjustment is needed, it's on us to tune our lives to the constant, to tune our lives to the truth. Verse 13 in the Expanded Bible, offer yourselves to God as people who have died and now live. Offer the parts of your body or every part of yourself, your parts, members to God, to be used in doing good as instruments, weapons of righteousness, justice. Number one, we tune our lives. Number two, the Lord tunes our lives. When it comes to tuning a grand piano, we call in the tuner. Sometimes we can handle the job on our own, but sometimes we can't handle the job on our own. When it comes to tuning an engine, unless we have the knowledge and skill to handle the job, we submit our car for adjustment at the garage. Any rookie mechanics, anybody here tinkering with your vehicle, just hoping it's going to work? 
It's a good idea to take it in and get it properly working. Otherwise, you can cause serious damage and other problems. So we go and we submit it. If things are way off pitch, way out of line, we need to call on God and let His Spirit do a deep work within us. Can you handle yourself? Can you handle your Christianity yourself? Can we handle it all ourselves? We need the constant. We need the expert to work on us. If our radio isn't receiving a signal, we can take it apart, but we may need the expert to get his hands on it. I mean, the truth is this. When we decide to tune our lives to God, which was our first point, it really is God tuning our lives. But it's a decision to surrender. I'm not saying tonight that we're doing it on our own, that we're taking this like it's some you know, good help book and we're tuning our lives to it. That's the world's way. But what we're doing is surrendering to God. We're surrendering to a living word. And then we're adjusting our lives. But it is true that sometimes we don't know what we need to do or how we need adjusting. And so, we need to give ourselves over to the one who does. Romans 6, 14 to 17 again. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? Certainly not. I don't know, a lot of people are confused with the book of Romans. It's like dead clear. I think the confusion is because they don't want to tune their lives to the constant, to the truth. Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey? whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. James chapter 2, verse 18, it reads, But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith by my works. James 2.18, the voice, I know what you're thinking, okay. You have faith, and I have actions. Now let's see your faith without works, and I'll show you a faith that works. I love that. I'll show you a faith that actually works. It's, it's living, it's active, it's got the batteries in it, it's functioning properly, and it's actually a faith that works. You understand what I'm saying? There's application there's action. Faith without works is dead. Now, maybe this is a silly illustration tonight, but if I claim faith in my guitar tuner, but my playing says otherwise, perhaps I haven't been heeding. It's advising me to tune. 
Or if I claim faith in my mechanic, but I drive away without allowing him to adjust the wheel alignment on my car after he has truthfully assessed and diagnosed that my car needs help. As I drive away, the struggle at the wheel and the matter in the lane is proving what kind of faith I really have in my mechanic. So when we come to church and we receive from God, and he shows us where adjustment needs to be made, and we stroll out of church claiming we have faith in God, but not making the adjustment. Our lives are proving what kind of faith we really have in God. Can we lay it out any clearer tonight? Because that's exactly what it is. That's what the word's saying. That's, it's proving our faith. And faith proved is more worth than gold. I think sometimes we don't understand how simple and practical this really is, but how radical it is. If I come in and God says, clean up your life, stop listening to that, stop hanging out with those people, stop talking like that, whatever it is, if I claim to have faith in God and His Spirit has pinpointed something in my life, you see, some of us, we only surrender part of the car. You know, our car may not even be working, but we push it into the garage. Don't look under the hood. I'm here to get my wheels pumped up. He's like, are you sure? I, don't, I haven't seen you around for a while. In fact, you've never asked me to, to check the engine. Are you sure it's okay? You never had an oil change. We could talk about the Holy Spirit. Where is your car at? Don't worry about it. I give you the tires. That's foolishness. It's the same with our lives. We are proving our faith. And listen, ignore the fact that our faith is being proved among people and people can see. Think about this God is watching. You see, when you drive out of the mechanic shop, you can fool the mechanic. You can wait till he's not looking and push your car back out. He calls you later, how's your car? Great. Good job on the tires. It's running well? Oh, yeah. But we can't fool God. You can push your life out of church week after week after week, year after year after year. You're not fooling God. Lord, I have faith in you. We sing songs and then we stroll out of church and our living proves the kind of faith we really have in them. That's what the word's saying. Listen to the J.B. Phillips, verses 18b to 23. To the man who thinks that faith by itself is enough, I feel inclined to say, so you believe that there is one God? That's fine. So do all the devils in hell and shudder in terror. My dear short-sighted man, can't you see far enough to realize that faith without the right actions is dead and useless? Think of Abraham, our ancestor. Wasn't it his action which really justified him in God's sight when his faith led him to offer his son Isaac on the altar? Can't you see that his faith and his actions were, so to speak, partners? That his faith was implemented by his deed. 
That is what the scripture means when it says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. Faith and action, they're partners. You can't separate the two. They work together. Faith and works. Faith and actions. You see, real faith means that we tune our lives. Real faith means that we let God tune our lives. I remember years and years ago now, we were recording a song and had this tuner. Plugged it in and tuned the guitar and it said that everything was right. and Played and it's not, it's not right. Like something's off. Let's check the tuner. Everything looks okay. And again, try and tune. There's something wrong with the tuner. Long story short, tuner was faulty. Put that one away. You tune to the constant. See, sometimes we're tuning our lives to the wrong tuner. We're tuning our lives to the wrong constant. We think it's a constant. We think it's showing us what's right. But we're tuning our lives wrong. And what's happening is it, it looks right. But it doesn't sound right. It doesn't really function right. I mean, you go to your friends, and how many know some of our friends try and tune our lives, right? And then they tell us, like, perfect. Your Christian friend, perfect. It's crazy. We, we go to people that themselves aren't tuned, and we ask them to tune our I don't know. It's a bizarre world, isn't it? But we go, and we're asking our friends to tune our lives, and they're like, you're perfect. Well, I think we should plug into the Word of God. I think we should plug into the Holy Spirit and plug into His presence and let Him decide. Let God be true and every man a liar. And if they're not right and they're pointing us in the wrong direction, let's just cut, let's just cut that right now. Don't plug your life into that anymore because they're not, they're not telling us the truth. Some people... They all have faulty tuners, and they gather together. They have like the faulty tuner club. And so they all get together. They hang out after church. They, they hang out, you know, on the weekends. They hang out through the week. They text each other and like, how's your tuner? It's great. Mine's good too. And they think it's okay. And they find some, some kind of rest and some kind of weird, strange peace in the fact that all their friends are too plugged into faulty tuners. They get together and their guitars all sound out of tune. So what does it matter? We've got to plug our lives into God. Listen to these statements. Faith without the right actions is dead and useless. This is the word of God. Think of Abraham, our ancestor. Wasn't it his action which really justified him? Can't you see that his faith and his actions were, so to speak, partners? That his faith was implemented by his deed. Are we in tune? I mean, faith is really practical. Are we in tune? I remember a conversation with a piano tuner one time. He's a friend of mine. Been tuning pianos for many years. 
I called him into Tuna Piano one time, and he said this to me. You have a good ear. Not too many people can hear when the piano is so slightly out of tune. Why do I share this story? This is why. It takes a sensitive ear and a trained ear to hear the slightest dissension. The more we walk with the Lord, the clearer we will hear the slightest discord. The closer we walk with the Lord, the more we will hear the slightest discord. See, some people, they're okay with it just being just a little flat or just a little sharp, and others aren't. And when it comes to this, we're not talking about the expression of music. We're talking about God deciding what is in tune and what is not. And God is perfect, and He does all things well. And when you drive your car into the shop and offer it to the master mechanic, when He comes to deliver your vehicle to you, He's not going to say, I did what I could. It's close. See, if you really surrender your life, if we really surrender our lives, He'll do it right and it'll be perfect. It'll look right. It'll sound right. It'll function right. Trained ear. Let's have the worship team return. Again, our text. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, but you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. I believe it's everybody's heart in this room tonight, if you know Jesus. We want to sound for righteousness. We don't want our members to be instruments of unrighteousness. But maybe the problem is our presenting. I'm not presenting it all to God. Maybe we haven't surrendered everything. Even the slightest dissensions. I love that David cried out because he didn't know what to do. Search me, O oh God. Try me. Take a look. Figure it out. And then let me know and lead me. It's going to require tuning. Tuning isn't a one-time thing, is it? Oh, if it were that easy. With use, a musical instrument needs to be tuned once again. If you've ever watched a musician, guitar player, they know they need to touch their guitar up along the way during the performance. A car needs realignment every so often. An accident or a bump into a curb, even a light touch up against a curb can compromise alignment. I know people who just barely bumped up against the curb. The car's all out of whack, and you say, well, barely touched. Adjustment needs to be made. As the team leads, let's allow the Lord to minister to us tonight. 
Let's allow the constant to analyze our tuning. Let's plug our lives into God. Let's plug our lives into his word. Let's plug our lives into his presence. Let's plug our lives into prayer and communion with the Holy Spirit. We close with Psalm 25, verses 1 to 5, and then we'll sing this out and I'll pray. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Show me, teach me, lead me, teach me. <laughs> that's like, that's the tuning. We get it? Show me, teach me, lead me, uh, teach me. Let's stand tonight. We can sing this out. But just plug your life into the constant. Tune your life to the presence of God tonight. And Wow, how beautiful it is when God's people surrender and allow Him to work. We give it all to you, Jesus.